Good morning. You know, people often say, and I think rightly so, that if you have a goal in life, but you have no means to measure it, it's an exercise in futility. Measuring is a way that you and I make progress in knowing how we're doing. In our culture, we measure everything. I mean, our bosses certainly measure us and how we're doing, and at our work, they measure us by critiquing our efforts, and they have good and bad things to say. Students, you are all measured against a test of standards that comes from a national standards test, and you measure up or you don't. Heck, we're so crazy about measuring, we even measure waistlines, right? And sometimes that's the worst measurement of them all. But measuring things is really important because what it does is it allows us to see progress in one direction or another. And sometimes if you and I go unmeasured in our professional life, our academic life, just as in our spiritual life, if we go unmeasured, we lose the ability to understand what God is calling us to do, how he's calling us to grow, and we lose the ability to gauge how we are responding. So wouldn't it be awesome if God gave us some measurements, some measuring sticks, a gauge that would help us? Now you and I both know the Ten Commandments. We all know the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments are great and wonderfully important tool for you and I to understand the priorities of life. We understand that God is sacrosanct above all other things and that we are not. And we understand how to honor people and to keep holy the Sabbath and how to treat one another by not stealing their goods or coveting their, their goods or <clears throat> their relationships. The Ten Commandments are beautiful because what they do is they guard us and they give us a sense of protection and direction so that you and I might grow in purpose and in character. And we're very familiar with the Ten Commandments. You know, quite frankly, they're, they're pretty clear. But today, Jesus Christ gives us this gauge that I was talking about earlier. He gives us the nine Beatitudes. And I don't know about you, but I find the language of the Beatitudes in the Scriptures to be a little bit absent my understanding. Be sure you understand I'm not calling into question the Word of God. I don't want him to hit me with lightning. But the fact of the matter is sometimes the vocabulary and the adjectives and the descriptors used are a little wanting in our society today. So yesterday I laid out my commentaries on the kitchen table and was digging on each one of these words and tried to bring some, some insight for myself to this homily. So let's begin. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, I will tell you, I have never understood that. I, the poor in, blessed are the poor in spirit. I know what it's like to be poor without money. I know what it's like to be poor, you know, uh, to do poorly. I pretty practiced at that. But I don't know about being poor in spirit. So I dug into it, and, and, and the commentator said that the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit means that you and I are humble enough to know that everything you and I have comes from God. 
We are so poor in spirit that we understand that without God's gift of our intellect, our ability, our good fortune in life, we would have nothing. And like the first of the Ten Commandments, Behold, I am God, and you shall have no other God before me, it is paramount, foundational to the rest of the Beatitudes. For you and I to measure where we are. Do we count Christ, God the Father, as the author of all of our talents? Maybe not. Another beatitude that I struggle with, and this one is actually turned out to be one of the most beautiful that I, uh, I dove into. Blessed are those who mourn. Well, I, I mean, I understand things are sad, and I know you lose family members or community or maybe a relationship, and you mourn that. I mean, I certainly understand that. But if we look into the word mourn in the Greek, the Greek word for mourn is pentos. And this is what it says pentos means. Pentos means inner pain. So blessed are those who who mourn, could be translated, blessed are those who are dealing with great inner pain from the events of life. So blessed are those who give their inner pain to God so that he can heal us and you and I can live a healthy life. Wow. Blessed are the, those who mourn. Wow. That is huge and beautiful. Blessed are the meek. Well, I have to be honest with you. This is my least favorite of them all. I don't, you know, meek just sounds way too much like weak, and I don't like anything that sounds like that, so I don't, let's just go on. Can we skip that one? No. Blessed are the meek. Well, meekness actually means controlled strength. So, blessed are the meek, what Christ is saying is, blessed are those who are greatly physically strong, who are greatly intellectually strong, who are powerful in capability, but have it fully in check and under control. That is something that anyone could want to have happen to them in their life. Not just be a bully physically or emotionally or intellectually, but to have all those gifts and to have them at a high level, but yet fully under control. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst could be interpreted. Blessed are those who live each day for God's will. So we ask ourselves in this measuring stick, in this gauge, am I living this day in order to be in God's will? Or have I even considered what he wants me to do today? And all the things that I have on my list, is he there anywhere? (laughs) Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are merciful. And that doesn't mean just being kind to people. Blessed are those who are merciful. Being kind to people who screw up, make mistakes. Certainly you could. But the meaning of this in the commentaries is brought out in this manner, blessed are those who grant pardon 
to those who are guilty of hurting them or harming them. Now wait a minute. That's a lot deeper, isn't it? Blessed are those who grant pardon to those who are guilty of hurting and harming them. And blessed are the clean of heart. And blessed are those who do not live as hypocrites, who are not duplicitous, but are authentic in their life, clean in purpose and intention, direct, intending to go down a very specific path, clean of heart, a person who is authentic. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who bring peace to themselves and to others. These are men and women, you know them. They have this innate talent to be able to bring calm to a disruptive situation. They can bring peace to difficult negotiations. They can settle arguments. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are children of God. And blessed are you who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Those who persevere through being tormented when they live as Jesus did. Blessed are those who are tormented as they live as Jesus did. Like when you and I stand up for life, when you and I stand up for marriage, when you and I stand up for gender, when you and I stand up for the human rights of immigrants, people will become quite verbose with us and tear us, rip at us, and try to destroy us. Blessed are you who in, those who insult you and persecute you falsely because of me, meaning blessed are they who endure destruction for their reputation and even their livelihood being destroyed because they are a follower of Christ, just like righteousness, the one before, very much part of our world today. And what Christ is saying, this is a reality for our lives. We shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't be set on our heels, <clears throat> angered. He's telling us from the word go, it will not be an easy ride. To defend the truths of my Father. Be prepared to be persecuted. And so, my brothers and sisters, when this happens, as so many of the saints have said, when they were grabbed, when they were destroyed, when they were taken to martyrdom, they said, praise God that I have the honor to stand for the truth of God. My brothers and sisters, the Beatitudes are a beautiful measurement tool for you and I to be able to gather together and figure out how we're doing. How are we progressing? Are we moving into the will of God? Are we useful for the kingdom of God because of our modification of our will to his? It's a great question to ask. And on this fourth day of ordinary time, let's pray to God that he will give us the grace to candidly measure ourselves, and to make changes where necessary.